Welcome to Frantically Speaking's podcast, Beyond Hard Skills. I'm your host, Radeep, and here's where we discuss what it takes to make it in your career beyond degrees, technical skills, and hard work. Let's get started. In today's episode, we're joined by Lemore. Lemore has been working in tech for over 20 years, and she's used to being the only woman in the room very often. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. If you're a woman in tech and want to know how you can make your voice heard, network effectively, and negotiate better opportunities, this episode is for you. Let's get started. Hey, Lamar, thank you so much for joining us on Beyond Hard Skills. How's everything going over at Israel? Hi, Redeep. Pleasure being here today. Everything is going very well. Thank you. Fantastic. So I would love to start this podcast by understanding a little about your journey. I've already done your introduction. So we have a little bit of understanding on who you are and your professional background, but would love to know your story on a deeper level in terms of how did you end up becoming someone who works with leaders in tech? Yeah. So I don't know how far back you want me to go, but basically I started my career journey as a software engineer and grew into leadership positions. And on the way, I found several passions of mine. Mine is one was helping managers. So I found that while I was a manager myself, started managing people and also started mentoring engineering leaders. And I, I got a lot of really good reviews, like good feedback from managers I was mentoring. So I found a passion there. I also grew a passion for supporting women and having more women, especially in leadership and executive roles, because a lot of times I was almost the only woman there. And as I grew in my career, I saw less women. I see fewer, fewer women. So I wanted to change that. That kind of led me to change what I'm doing to what I'm doing today, basically coaching, mainly leaders in tech, passionate about supporting women. I work also with men, but passionate about women. And uh, I do other things as well, but uh, mainly one-on-one coaching. Fantastic. So let's let's dive in a little deeper into this, right? I'm, I'm very excited about the fact that you mentioned leadership with regard to women. So I've had more conversations with people who work very closely with women in professional fields. And everyone has a slightly different perspective on it with a few basic fundamentals remaining the same. So I would love to hear from you two things. One is the negative side, right? As what difficulties do women specifically face in tech in your experience? And second is for anyone who's watching this who is a woman and they want to progress in their tech careers, what are some things that they can keep in mind to see that progression and not let things like gender or anything come in the way of absolute merit? Absolutely, yeah. Happy to share about it. So difficulties. First of all, uh, I'll, t- I'll start with the internal ones and then we talk about the external ones because there are two types of difficulties. The internal ones are confidence. Uh, women in general, and I'm generalizing, right? Uh, less confident in themselves, in their abilities, in what they bring. Uh, a lot of them are uh, perfectionism, right? I mean, they suffer from being trying to be perfect at everything. And then they are always, their words criticize. They criticize themselves on everything and really not, not celebrate enough successes and appreciate enough what they've already done and what they already have, which is a barrier, right? Because they don't appreciate themselves enough to 
let others know how great they are. And the other aspect is about being assertive, uh, being your best self-advocate, pushing forward to their careers. They and and this is something that I face myself. Like they 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 think that if they do a great job, someone will appreciate them and will you know promote them. And not always it happens. And what else? So kind of those are the main things about assertiveness, about pushing themselves forward and so forth and advocating for themselves. The external factors is the surroundings. So lack of role models. As I said, in my career, most of the executives were men, to be honest, specifically white men. So not seeing role models is is one uh, aspect of this. Keeping your own confidence issues and not seeing someone else. How is that even achievable for someone like me? Uh, and biases and microaggressions, those are the other things. So there are some biases, a lot of them are hidden. People are good in nature, so I believe in you know, good intentions, but good intentions are not enough. And a lot of times there are biases against us as women, if we're good enough, if we can actually take a leadership role, because we're different, right? We bring different values. And I had biases like that against me. And uh, microaggressions are small things that are not always noticeable. They're small like paper cuts, like you go into a meeting and someone cuts you off in the middle of a sentence. Someone may make a comment, you know, that will make you feel mm, not so great. So those small things that people do unintentionally that build up on top of the confidence issues we already mentioned. Got it, got it. So it, it's things that are quite subtle and people are, I mean, there are some people who do it intentionally, but if I'm not wrong for the large part, it's because of how things were for a very long time that people, without intentionally being biased or being aggressive, those things tend to come out and that can demotivate a woman. Absolutely. That's in her career. Right. Understand. And what can, so unfortunately, a lot of these biases and micro, I love that word microaggression, by the way. As you mentioned, it's something that is not in, not too much in control of the woman. Right, it, it's just the time that we are in. So, keeping that in mind, what can a woman in tech do to ensure that she can overcome these particular biases and microaggressions? How can she deal with them? Because they will happen to some degree or the other. And how do they still continue to thrive in their work environment? Yeah, it's multifaceted and it's a process depending where you are. Right, when where this woman is is at exactly. Uh, it's about First of all, building confidence and self-worth and appreciating themselves as they are. And once they do that, uh, assuming they ha they experience those microaggressions or biases, uh, they're multifold. First of all, not taking things personally. Try to develop a thick skin because we tend to be very sensitive to what people tell about us, not just women. Every person, right? I mean, if people make a comment, you may take it personally. It's not personal, usually. Usually it's not personal. Usually people do that unintentionally, so don't take it personally. Practice that, kind of put it as a background noise. The other thing is uh, about building relationships. This is so important to build relationships, even with those people. And as you build relationships and trust, you can be more open about saying, well, you know, 
when you are interrupting something I'm saying in the middle of a sentence or where you're kind of saying, I disagree, you are wrong, or, you know, or, or different things that I may really offended by, it, it, it really something that hurts me, hurt my confidence. So, but you need to develop the relationship with people that they will appreciate that feedback and be willing to change. And the, the other thing would be to build your network of supporters, like of people that can be your advocates. It can be your manager. It can be peers. Like, for example, I had several cases where people were aggressive to me in meetings. I don't like to start being, to respond as aggressive myself. I don't believe, right, in uh, in, in being, like, behaving like the other person. But I had advocates. I had people who could say in a meeting, this is not appropriate or could support me behind the scenes. So it's really important to build that network of supporters. So you're not alone. And the other thing I would say, network, you know, uh, find communities that can really help with your confidence when seeing other women that are facing similar challenges, get mentors and coaches. So kind of build your support system. Are there any recommendations you have in terms of anyone hearing this? What, what can they Google? What communities can they Google to get on? Or is it something that's very, very localized? You mean the communities? Yes. Uh, so there are online communities, like for example, Alpha. It's E-L-P-H-A. Um, and I think it's called Lady Godboss or something like that, Lady Godmother. But there are multiple. There is Power to Fly. There are a lot of communities. Uh, and there are also local communities. For example, I'm part of Shitio which is an organization, a nonprofit for women in engineering. It's global, but a lot of them are in the Bay Area, in the San Francisco Bay Area. So a lot of the communities can be local to where you are. Some of them meet virtually, some of them meet in person. Just try to Google and, and or also connect with, with women in your area and, and, and check with them if they are aware of any communities. Correct. Got it. Fine. Fair enough. So I think you gave a couple of good big names and then they could Google for more localized information. Or Fantastic. Perfect. One thing that I have heard a lot about when I talk to about this particular topic, which is women in tech, is the is the aspect of the pay gap that comes in. Right. I have been told that that's somewhere reducing because of the just general awareness on the fact that there shouldn't be a pay gap if two people are doing the same job regardless of gender, race, etc. Have you been noticing that gap shutting in? Is it the same as always? Is it getting worse by any chance? What is your general thought as someone who works very closely with women in tech? Uh, first of all, it's not about what I say. It's about what, you you know, you can look at different... Um, uh, research is done on that. I think the most extens extensive one done is Women in the Workplace by um, McKinsey and Lean In. I don't recall specifically what they have on, about pay gap, but there is a pay gap for sure. And I'm sure that they mentioned it there. So, so there are researches done. It's not about what I think or what others think. Uh, personally, I can say I never felt that I was discriminated, but that was because I knew my worth. And I was not shy to talk about money. I was not shy to talk about what what I what I want. But not all women are like. And I can share also that 
it, it can happen to men as well. Uh, and I've seen that with people I manage that some people don't advocate for themselves, don't ask for what they should ask for. And companies take advantage of that, unfortunately. So think about a company that are trying to hire someone and that someone doesn't know their own worth and they may ask for something much lower than the com company originally thought of paying them. Many companies would take advantage of that and say, hey, well, they ask <laughs> for lower salary, we can cut expenses. I think it's the wrong way of doing that. And I was actually trying to do the opposite, to pay based on their worth. And people were sometimes astonished that they, oh, but I didn't ask for it. They said, well, this is what you should get. And the reason for that is that if you don't pay people what they deserve, eventually they will find out and that will backfire you. But to your original question, yes, there, there are pay gaps. And I think a lot of them stems for the fact that women just don't appreciate themselves enough and they are not comfortable with negotiation in general. Yes, I think that's a, that's a good point you brought up. Not, I don't think it's just for women, but even for freshers right, regardless of gender, who enter into a company because they don't know that, oh, you can fight for your salary, you can negotiate, you can do this. We just, okay, I got a job, let's just, let's just get the job and oh, yeah, yeah, sure, I'm going to do this pay and they just move forward. And, and we often think, and that's probably because we are all brought up in a pretty similar manner, that as long as you put your head down and you work, you will get the money you deserve. And while that is true to some extent, it's not how the world works. It's especially not how the corporate world works. As you mentioned that they will cut costs and it, it's a they are also a business. If you're not going to ask for it, why should they give it to you anyways, even if you might deserve it, right? So uh, definitely, I think the most people are always asking for how do I raise my salary? How do I make sure I get paid more? What are some hacks? What are some negotiation tactics? But it just starts by asking. And if you start asking, you will see a lot of problems getting solved automatically instead of playing any games with the other person. Yeah, and uh, I want to say something. Negotiation is not a fight. It's a skill to be developed and it can be done very pleasantly. It doesn't have to be an argument. And negotiation is a skill that is so important and unfortunately is not taught. No one, I mean, we, when we think about it, when we finish school, when we finish college, no one taught us how to negotiate. And this is such an important skill, not just for salary, for every day-to-day -day life, right? That everything that we do, we have to negotiate. And uh, first of all, I think it's knowing your worth, explaining yourself well why you think you deserve something, and be flexible. Be flexible with, okay, if I talk about salary, well... There is more than just the base salary. There are other benefits. So be flexible with being able to accept maybe other ways of compensation. Correct. Like leave, paid leaves and benefits and everything. It can be leaves. It can be benefits. It can be sign-up bonus. It can be equity. It can be annual bonus. There are multiple ways, not just the base salary. That's true. That's true. And I think... That, that That's a good one thing that we had spoken about before we got into the actual podcast was the fact that you do help in the negotiation aspect. Any any sort of uh, suggestions that you would have besides, of course, number one thing is ask, right? Second, I think what you said is that don't treat negotiation as an argument or a fight, something that can be quite pleasant and something quite cordial. Anything else that people should keep in mind to ensure that they can they're getting a good deal from the a job or an appraisal or whatever it might be? 
let me put it that way. If you ask for something and you get it immediately, it probably means that it's not the best deal you can get. <laughs> uh, and um, so, so I think that what happens is that um, people are just afraid to ask because they're afraid that they will, you know, they will be turned down. But eventually negotiation is kind of a give and take, right? It's a process that has sometimes back and forth. So if you ask something immediately you were given, well, maybe you didn't ask enough. <laughs> it's okay, right? But, but, but I think it goes with market research, know, you know, where you're worth, know exactly, like approximately where you're at. And because if you don't know your worth, how do you know? True. Definitely. Um, I think, I think but, the theme of the episode is is to know your worth. That, that's yeah. all things automatic. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, the best strategy is actually not say what you want. Let them. Well, I would I would be happy to hear from you how much you think, you know, I should I should get because I'm not sure it's your company. You know. So sometimes it's the best strategy to try. I know that a lot of companies are pushing because they don't want to spend time on interviewing someone that will eventually ask for some something that is outrageous. So sometimes you have no way to say something. Uh, but if you can, try to let them say first. Yeah, I, I, th- I think I've been, I've been also hearing that a lot from a lot of career coaches in general that always ensure that when a salary, the salary conversation comes up, you don't reveal your cards, don't show them your hand first. I'd always, always wait for them to talk and because you'll be able to understand whether they are lowballing you or were you lowballing yourself in the first place. Yeah, but sometimes it's not realistic and I can share that many companies will not, will not make it easy on you because uh, I know as also as someone who interviewed people, we wanted to know what's the ballpark because we don't want to spend hours of interviewing and, and and eventually someone will will say, well, I want X amount of money, and this is completely out of scope. Maybe nowadays with the economy, it's less happening. But you know, uh, when a economy economy is booming, it can happen. So sometimes they may push you. You can say, well, Correct. if they push you, <laughs> I would say add about twenty <laughs> percent to what we were thinking. Got it, got it. So yeah, you you always yeah the twenty percent is a good number. You always go a little beyond what you're comfortable asking, because worst case they'll just come back to what you were comfortable with. But if you start at the point you're comfortable with, they're good. Yeah, it should be. And and what you can do, I mean, if you're afraid that you ask too much, you can say this. I mean, this is what I think, and you know, uh, based on my skills, experience, and so forth, I should be paid. But I want to make sure that you understand that that's not the only. Thing that is important to me. In fact, I mean, there are other factors that are more important to me, like the company, the people I work with, you know, and the growth opportunities. So by by communicating that way, you let them know that, yes, you gave them a number. Yes, maybe that they cannot pay you, but you're flexible. And this is not the only thing that is important to you. Correct, correct. So you just, you create a net for yourself overall. That's fantastic. I want to take a, a left on over here and talk a little bit about uh, performance reviews because that's something mm-hmm. that we had spoken about as well. One thing that I get asked a lot in communications coaching is that I am, I've been executing for a while in a yeah. tech world and now I'm moving forward to a managerial leadership level. So my job is almost zero in terms of actual execution. It's just about management now. 
and that transition is something that people find really hard so i would love to understand from you how do you end up training people to get comfortable with that transition and that's number 1 and part 2 is when they are going and applying for the promotion or whatever it might be how do they ensure they have the best possible chance of getting what they want so i know some of the negotiation tips that we discussed come in there as well but if there's anything more to add specifically with performance reviews and promotions we'll have to hear that so performance reviews and promotion to a manager from an ic to a manager yes yeah th- so tr- the transition from an ic to a manager is always tricky because people used to execute the work themselves and now they need to let others do the work and and they have to do other things and by the way i'm i have upcoming circles uh, on on that topic alone and also on the, about negotiation but uh, you know first of all understanding okay what what kind of value do you bring and if you are not sure you can ask people because people work with you and ask them hey how can i help you eventually your role is now helping others grow as individuals a lot of the work is related to communication and resolving communication challenges between team members and with other teams and thinking bigger thinking on direction on vision bringing certainty in maybe in times of uncertainty so those are the things that you bring and and think about what kind of value you bring a lot of times it's uh, opening up uh, people to possibilities having a more open mind and holistic view of things so think about what's your worth and it's not always easy for people to to realize that so if you're not sure try to ask i mean you're promoted for a reason right why did they promote you ask your manager have a conversation with them makes sense. and now yeah so this is the transition now in terms of performance reviews you meant my their own self review or reviewing others no 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 that for the person who's applying for the performance review so not the person reviewing but the person going in for the review who's getting reviewed yeah 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 so um it kind of goes um a- along with what i said about getting feedback understand okay what what are the things that you have done in terms of impact not just okay i did xyz those are the tasks i did what kind of difference did they make i mean what what kind of impact what was the impact of my doing so it could be i helped i helped uh, you know people develop right i made an impact on people in my team they are now operating differently the relationship with the team members has changed maybe the collaboration with another team has changed so think about in terms of impact and don't shy away to highlight that performance reviews is the place to tell of all to brag a little to brag a little to, yeah i don't like the word brag because it it brings kind of <laughs> negative <laughs> uh, connotation for many people but to highlight all the great things that you've done all the achievements you've made and all the impact that you made and not shy away from that you need to really first understand your value appreciate your value and not shy away from communicating that because your manager may forget what you've done and you need to make sure that they remember and understand all the impact you, you have created you need to help them help you i love that i love that fantastic my final question for you lemar is since we are a communications training company i would love to ask you 
what according to you for women in tech is the one communication skill that you deem to be most important? I know there isn't one. I know there are many more. But any one that particularly stands out to you, what would you say? I think women are equipped, and I'm generalizing, with much higher emotional intelligence than men. So it helps really communicate with different people, come with a less judgmental and ego-driven approach, and, and in a more understanding, empathetic, and curious approach, mm. which really helps when you communicate with people that are different than you. Typically, we get along very well with like-minded individuals, with people that think like us, behave like us, that have the same values like us. The clashes happen when we work with different with different people that, that have different values, that uh, maybe work differently, think differently. And that's where having a high emotional intelligence, being curious, less judgment is coming to play. And I think women have that more than men. I'm not saying that men don't have it. I'm not saying all women have it, but in general. Fair enough. Fantastic. Perfect. I think that's all the questions I want to ask you. I'm so glad that we have very, I love episodes where we have very practical tips for people to take away and a very specific type of person to take away from here. I love it. Um, any final things that you would like to add? Anything that you would like to talk about in terms of what you're doing to let people know? How can they find you? How can they reach you? Anything in specific you want to talk about? The floor is all yours. Oh, thank you so much, uh, Redeep. So I'm coaching, as I said. You can find me on LinkedIn. The handle is Limor Bergman. I think that's the best way to find me. I have also a website, limorbergman.com, but LinkedIn is the best. And the reason for that is that's where you can find who I am, what I do. I try to post almost daily different things. And uh, you can learn more about me and whether I'm the right person to help you. And I can help... You, if you're a manager, director, especially in tech, I can help you, depending on what's your situation, any leadership-related issues, uh, I'm the right person. And I'm also working with an incredible organization called Plato, which is um, a marketplace, basically a place for engineering leaders to find mentors. And, and I do both mentorship there, and also I run circles on different topics. So negotiation is one of them, and, and I have two upcoming circles from new managers, uh, both from uh, about communication and also about uh, transitioning from like how to kind of balance between the technical uh, work to the managerial work. Yeah. Fantastic. Please go check out Lamar on LinkedIn. You can check out her website as well. Thank you so much for doing this. The model was a pleasure. I loved our conversation. And yeah, hopefully we can do a part two over here. And we're going to cut off a lot of bits and send it to very specific people who I have in my mind will benefit from this as well. Oh, Bye. thank you so much, Redeep. If I gave value, I've done my share. A hundred percent. Thank you so much for doing this. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being with us to the end. If you found this useful, do share it with someone who might benefit from it. And if you're looking for more communication and soft skill tips, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Lastly, if you would like a step-by-step -step process to improve upon your communication skills to accelerate your career growth, you can go on our website and book a free communication consultation call with me. 
Thank you for joining us and I'll see you next time.